Let me see if I understand this correctly. Summer Lucas Savage, you are the executive artistic director of Flatwater Shakespeare. You are directing the world premiere of my wife, Dee Ryan's Shakespearean-related piece, Broadguess, yes. and it's going so well it has caused you to resign your position. Do I have that right? I think that's exactly accurate. This has to be the way I go out. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 15th year, number 771, Flatwater Shakespeare's Unshaken. Last Thursday night was the world premiere of D. Ryan's one-person solo piece, Broadguess, as part of Flatwater Shakespeare Company's Unshaken Festival. Five original pieces inspired by Shakespeare and performed outside in a lovely plaza in Lincoln, Nebraska. Broadguess was directed by Flatwater Shakespeare's outgoing executive artistic director, Summer Lucas Savage, who was generous enough with her time on the opening day of the festival to talk to me about how this all came about. All right, let me clarify. You're the outgoing artistic, you're incredibly flamboyant and outgoing artistic director, executive artistic director of Flatwater Shakes. But but you're, you, you the, as your final bit of programming, yeah. you've got this unshaken festival yes. of, of Shakespeare-related pieces, and it's a phenomenal idea. So I want you to tell me about the festival, tell me about Flatwater Shakes, tell me about all that stuff. Absolutely. Um... The idea, like so many, was born out of the circumstances of the last year and a half, and how do you make theater? Well, what if we did solo pieces, and there only ends up being three or four people in the room while you work? Um, and last, no, this still this year, in January, I got to see a recording of American Moore, um, which is a one-man show mostly as a director in the audience that he engages with, but um, about his experience as a African-American actor in Shakespeare. And that was sort of the, ooh, I bet we have artists who can create this. Mm. So we put out the call in March, I think, um, offering an opportunity to create short solo pieces, 10 to 30 minutes long, had to be Shakespeare inspired. There were a handful of requirements. You, right. you get a table and a chair and you have to quote some Shakespeare. There always are requirements <laughs> as a playwright. I go, hey, look, there's an opportunity. Oh, wait, no, I'm, I can't do that. <laughs> um, and we received 11 submissions. We selected five. Um, and we have really varied artists, a uh, uh, mom and homemaker who has loved Shakespeare her whole life, uh, to Dee, who's been working for decades in the industry, and local Nebraska artists who have a wide range of age and experience, um, <laughs> bringing diverse perspectives. And so it's... What's exciting to me about it is it's still Shakespeare. That's our that's our foundation, yeah. our bread and butter, but yeah. we're offering an opportunity to see it in a new way. Um, well, it's great branding, too, for just the whole, I mean, Flatwater Shakespeare is unshaken. Unshaken. You, you know, uh, we, we, will, we will survive, we will thrive, Phoenix-like. Um, so tell me about Flatwater Shakes. I mean, this is my first time to Lincoln, certainly. Welcome to Lincoln. Thank, welcome to Lincoln, <laughs> the land of Lincoln, Nebraska. Go Huskers. Um, tell, tell me about Flatwater Shakes. Sure. Flatwater is uh, the translation of Nebraska. The native word Nebraska means flatwater. Oh. There are a number of flatwater organizations in the state, but Flatwater Shakespeare was founded in 2001 mm. when um, some local folks were at the stables at Where You Go, which I'll show you later, um, 
and said, this seems like Shakespeare should happen here. <laughs> Bob Hall, you do Shakespeare. Um, our, so our founding artistic director directed um, Twelfth Night, and people came. Yeah. They're like, people came. Okay, we should maybe do this again next year. Just like the movie said, if you do it, it, they will will come. come. Um, So we were incorporated in 2004, but those early productions started in 2001. So we just marked 20 years of producing Shakespeare. Yeah, 20 years. 20 years, yeah, happy 20th. And um, yeah, last year was supposed to be our celebratory season. And Mm. I directed Romeo and Juliet and nobody got to see it. And then we closed two days before it opened, and then the rest of the season got pushed like everybody else's. Sure. So, um, so 20 years, and then in 2011, the stables got some stimulus money to redo. It's a historical building, mm. and so we got booted out and um, then began doing free um, touring of the parks. And so we've been offering free performances in the summer um, for 10 years and offering project and play-focused education programs, which are also free for five years. And do your artists come from this area or from all over? Mostly uh, mostly local. Um, we are a professional company. Everybody is paid, but nobody is paid at the level they should be. So we all have other jobs. Um, <laughs> so it's like many artistic organizations. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. indeed. So we're a, a step above community theater, but we are really community-based. So we have sometimes people come down from Omaha or the surrounding area, but we're not um, set up to house out-of-town artists. So we can't, we aren't quite at that level to bring in or right. to... Um, we occasionally hire equity, but they're local equity actors as well. And how did you start here? I My first show was in 2006 as an actor. I was background in, in the Scottish play, which is where I met my now husband, who was Malcolm. Um, wow, that is the total opposite of the curse of that play. <laughs> yes. Wow. Or is it? Hang so, on, wait a so second. So far, so good. So you, far, so good. <laughs> are you resigning from that relationship? You can tell me right now it's a scoop for the podcast. <laughs> Not at all. Um, and So 2006 was my first show as an actor. That's where I started. And then I've done shows with them over the years. And I've been in this position since 2018. Um, and I was still teaching full-time junior high kids when I started. Uh, so I was doubled up for a little while and then have just pieced together this nonprofit work since. So, but but you so you were teaching junior high kids, mm-hmm. but you, you are, you're not an educator turned artist. I, you must have done plays prior to teaching junior high kids. Yes, I'm yeah. a, I'm an artist turned educator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a a bachelor's degree in musical theater, and run the only company in town that does not produce musicals. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, and then I studied at the school at Steppen- I trained at the school at Steppenwolf in Chicago um, as an actor. And then after re- returning to Nebraska, got certified to teach language arts and taught oh, cool. junior high kids for six years and ran the high school theater program there. What has been the, what, or what for you was the transition like, not from uh, uh, a trained actor at Steppenwolf to educator or educated artist, but actor artist to administrator mm. and executive artistic director that's that's a lo- that's taking on a lot that doesn't have anything to do with yeah. just putting on a play yeah i have a i have a weird conglomeration of experience that worked well i used to work in banking mm. while trying to be an actor in chicago mm. and um, yeah. so have some strong financial background so coming in and working with budgets that was pretty that part was easy um, in my interview they asked me 
what's the difference between a P&L and something else? And I went, man, am I glad that wasn't the first question you asked me because I have the foggiest idea what y'all are talking about. <laughs> but let me tell you what I do know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so some of that stuff, I have great support from my operations manager who has decades of nonprofit experience. So right. she helped me with all the stuff I didn't know how to do and really balance of the artistic and the the executive part. And did that as part of your, because I used to be an associate producing director of a summer mm -hmm. stock theater up in New Hampshire before I joined the Reduce Shakespeare Company. And it was, there were, I think, four or five of us doing the work of 30 yeah. for a year, for the for, for nine months out of the year uh, until everybody else came in during the summertime. Is that pretty much what it is for you? We have, well, we now have three part-time staff because I hired an education director uh, this year. Thank God. Um, <laughs> and but yeah, the the three part time people, it's it's a it's a whole lot of work. Yeah. Um, and then we produce. As a general rule, we produce three shows a year, um, which has not been the case necessarily for the last year and a half. Sure. But um, three shows a year. So we have contract labor come in and in those um, pockets of the year to pick up some slack but it always still seems to be mostly me going let me go solve that problem for you i got that i'll solve it i'm michael whitmore director of the folger shakespeare library in washington dc and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company Podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We're still the remote Shakespeare Company, but you can find our next round of performance dates at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com. You can also check out our Facebook and Twitter feeds for the latest information. But as always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Summer Lucas Savage, the outgoing executive artistic director of Flatwater Shakespeare Company in Lincoln, Nebraska. So now you're doing the, this Unshaken Festival. Um, had you commissioned pieces before? Had you worked with new works or had you been doing exclusively Shakespeare? Is this a new, a new kind of thing and do you see Flatwater continuing something like it? Because it's a very cool idea. This is brand new. I very much hope uh, my replacement, whenever they find them, um, continues it. I think the I think particularly after watching the final rehearsals this week, I'm like, this is so solid. Yeah. Um, and we were impressed on paper three months ago when when we got the submissions in. Cool. So um, I hope so. We weren't strictly Shakespeare, um, Shakespeare and other class. We've done things like Angels in America, The mm. Homecoming. Um, Holy moly. Uh, uh, misanthrope, those other sorts of texts. But for the most part, Shakespeare. Oh, we've done Complete Works uh, in 2019. That old chestnut. It's, it's an absolute delight. But I tell you what, when you produce uh, royalty-free Shakespeare most of the time. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so new we, Yeah, we, we contemporary playwrights have kids in college. Yeah. <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> Just explaining to my board, like, why that align item is suddenly filled on the budget. I'm like, no, no, we have to pay somebody for this one. Right. Somebody wrote it. Usually <laughs> Who's it's not a, dead. <laughs> filled with zeros, that line item. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so we, we some varied, but new works is completely a new venture for us. So. Yeah. Um, 
And what is it like? I discovered, because my MFA is in directing, mm. and I discovered early on working as, a, as part of the director's unit at the, unit at the Writers' Theater in New York, which deals exclusively with new plays yeah. by new playwrights, is that I'm not good with new playwrights. Because uh, I, I am a playwright, and, I'm, I am, and I want to get in there and go, yeah, that's not working. we got to change that. And... Uh, the director shouldn't say that to a, to a playwright, right? You know, is that is that a is that a frustration that you found, or do you, or do you kind of enjoy that embracing whatever the playwright's vision is? It's uh, it's an interesting. Well, in this particular festival, we did as really low rehearsals. It's sort of more of a workshop, and then we share. Sure. So, um, having super minimal rehearsals, it was like, okay, that bit's not working right yeah. now, and we've tried it four times, and we're just going to skip it yeah. because we can't. I can't get that. To Flow. As we do uh, with Shakespeare, right? Yeah, Absolutely. It's not working. Yeah, right. Um, uh, but for the for the most part, I think it's it's really exciting. But I will say it's interesting the the scripts we have printed in our tech books in rehearsals last couple nights. We noted like, oh, they've changed some bits since oh. they sent us. Okay, so everybody's been sort of processing and and changing their scripts as they went. Yeah. Does it excite you to work with new playwrights on new pieces, or do you feel like you know what I I want to go back to dead playwrights? <laughs> uh, I think it's very well. What's exciting to me is the new perspective. Yeah. So if I can bring in a director who can look at one of Shakespeare's plays and and show me a new way to see it, yeah. I, that's incredibly exciting to me. Having these playwrights who looked at Shakespeare and and saw it completely differently. Right. Is exciting to me. So I think I think that's what I like, and I think that's why Shakespeare's hanging out so long. Mm. Is that there's freedom to do that. We're like, okay, these themes, these stories are universal enough, right. but here's what it looks like from my perspective, or here's what it looks like from over here, and your four-hour production is too long, but this one-hour production is too short. You know, So yeah. I think there's a lot of freedom to do it different ways, and I think that's really the only reason we're still doing it, and there's hundreds, or if not thousands, of Shakespeare companies across the world still doing it. Right, because we... Increasingly, we are giving more people the license to, um, I'm going to bleep myself, fire truck with Shakespeare, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and to really explore different ways. For me, as a director, like, I don't want to see, and, and as an audience member, I don't want to see 36 actors on the stage. Right. Like, and the one guy gets to hold a sword for a second. Like, yeah. no, no. How about that guy plays that and that and that, and mm -hmm. you switch up the hat he's wearing, and we will all accept it. Um, I like the small cast. I like to see it that way. Whereas I will even look at uh, photos from productions I've been in. I'm like, I don't even know who that person is. They were in the play right, right, because they were right. person who held a sword or a cup for a minute. Well, and that's the cool balance, too, is because, yes, that's the magic of theater. A handful of actors throwing on wigs and skirts and yeah. picking up swords and, doing, and playing a lot of different parts. Yeah. And then also bringing who they are as individuals to the roles where they get to really shine yes. and show their, uh, allow us to see the plays through their lens. Yes. Um, in our Romeo and Juliet, that we're devastated that people didn't get to be in the room. We filmed it in short notice so we could share it in one way, but it's not nearly, it's yeah. not the same. Yeah. Um, particularly because it's not the budget of Hamilton or whatever, where you bring in the Hollywood crew and, you right. know, really show it. Um, but it, we were able to share it in a way, yeah. but we had my actor who played Mercutio also played Paris and Lord Montague and a servant. And the fact that he could come in 
And I, I'm like, no question, you are completely different. And it's so exciting to me yeah. to see it. And some of that didn't show on the film where you would see those transitions happen. And so that was why it was like, you should see what this guy can do. He's not just, like, I can't lose him after act three when Mercutio is killed for no reason. Yeah. Like, I need him for the rest of the play. He's too good to leave him out. So, um, and also just not using actors as props yeah. in, in that you're just here to be a body because I wanted a body over there and yeah. I ran out of actors. I would rather see a few actors really given opportunities to shine and do different things. Um, the other project we're doing right now is a two-actor midsummer, mm. really focused for kids. We're tour touring, so we're going to do another public performance next week, but we're going to schools. Um, and it, to create really an entry point for those kids to go, oh, Shakespeare, that was fun, instead of getting to their high school freshman class and going, ugh, what's this? What is this? This oh, this is was that boring. thing. That, that so thing hopefully yeah. they'll come in and go, oh, I remember that time when those two actors came and it was so funny. And, you know, they, I know that those kids got some of it and some of it was, they missed all completely, partly because they were laughing their head off because their teacher got pulled up as a volunteer and, yeah. and I missed everything you said, you yeah. know, so some of that. But to have 190 kids excited yesterday about Shakespeare because it is super dynamic and fun. It was also a joy for these two actors. Again, born out of the circumstances, they happen to be roommates and happen to be really talented. I'm like, okay, you're already a cohort. We can bring you into the room and the rest of us can back up and not have to worry about it. Um, but they're magic together. They know each other really well. And so you're already leaps ahead of where you would be in any typical rehearsal process. And they created something truly hilarious and magical. You're like, see, this is how it should be. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. D. Ryan's solo show broadcast will perform one more time as part of Flatwater Shakespeare's Unshaken Festival on Thursday, September 23rd, 2021. It's a fantastic collection of monologues, and you can find more information about tickets and location at flatwatershakespearecompany.org. Send us your favorite Shakespeare solo piece via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow Flatwater Shakespeare Company on Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, on Instagram at the.shakespeareance. And I hope you'll check out my new website, The Shakespeareance. There you can find more information on how I can help you with monologues, presentations, or writing projects. Check out theshakespeareance.com and my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Austin Titchener. Thanks, as always, to weirdly insecure Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Faye Voss. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Michael Whitmore, director of the Folger Shakespeare Library. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, get vaccinated, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 771 2313ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Well, and from here you go on to your next um, uh, uh, apparently very successful 14-month-old production, yes? Yes. Um, I was cast in the role of mother July of 2020. 2020 was a great year to have a baby. 
I, I didn't have to go anywhere. Nobody expected me to go anywhere. I could just hang out and be mom. Um, so coming coming back into production, I learned that it's, it's pretty darn challenging and, and pretty hard on her to, to back and forth as much as we do. So, um, so that's a major reason. And as ever, you were ahead of the game because 2020 was a great uh, time for making babies, but you had already done that. It's already on the road. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.